You're listening to Mike and Kristen. The podcast. I'm Mike, a musician, writer, and producer. And I'm Kristen, a painter, writer, and designer. Our show is all about following dreams, taking chances, and what life as an artist is really about. Together, we bring you weekly guest interviews and thought-provoking conversations. Let's go! Okay, let's get this podcast started. What's going on, Kristen Harrington? Let's get it rocking and rolling. We're rocking and rolling. That's nice. We've got a live painting event tonight and and music. Yeah, there's both involved. Our collaborative projects. We're entertaining a group of corporate people, I guess. Mm -hmm. We haven't done one of these in a while. Yeah, they're they're something. (laughs) Do you say they're something? They are something, yeah. They are something. They're something. They apostrophe R-E. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. Yeah, we'll... uh, I, I got to do three 45-minute sets, and you got to paint over four hours, so it's a, a long, long session. Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be a full evening, but we're there for it, and yeah, we've no, had a busy couple weeks, so we're just kind of rolling with that energy. Yeah, you opened Togetherland. Yeah, so our interview today was with our friends Steph and Sean McNamara, and it was recorded before the opening of Togetherland, which yeah. we talk about. And yeah, we've since had this really amazing, successful opening day on the 9th of June, and we're now just full steam ahead for the rest of the summer right till the end of October. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun summer, and uh, hopefully every single listener out there in podcast land can get a chance to stop into Togetherland. 7628 St. Margaret's Bay Road. How do you remember it, Kristen? What's the trick? You have two separate sport re- sports references, neither of which I know, but I have memorized the address. Because of the sports references. So, oh, yeah, so we'll give credit to the sports references. Philadelphia 76ers, a basketball team, mm-hmm. so 7-6, and 28, the Cristiano Ronaldo soccer number. For me, it's just more information to memorize using that accurate or example. But, I was going to say acronym, but... But when I created this technique, <laughs> since then, you remembered it because we talked about it, and you're like, this doesn't make any sense, but by the end of it, you remembered it, didn't you? I'm I'm giving you credit. Yes. Yes, that's it happening works. right now. 7628 St. <laughs> Margaret's Bay Road in Ingramport. Mm-hmm. No, it's it was a beautiful opening day. I, I it was one of the most memorable days I've ever had, so I... I can't thank everyone enough for being there. And and today's guests, Steph and Sean, were a big part of just creating the momentum for getting the gallery open. They've just been so supportive of us as individual artists and certainly us as a couple. And they, as a married couple, are stepping into a new business venture themselves. And we talk a little bit in this episode about maybe different pieces of advice or things that we've been through to help guide them through this next chapter in their life. Yeah, they got a big thing coming up, creating a retreat, I guess you'd call it, or getaway, uh, a place to go for children with autism. Their young daughter, Molly, is, how old's Molly now? Four, three, four? Yeah, I don't know if she's four yet. Three, two. (laughs) She's a a very small kid. (laughs) 
<laughs> Molly is awesome though. And she's a really amazing little girl and she has autism and they're developing what is called Molly's Reach. We talk a lot about it, but uh, it's going to be a place for parents and their kids with autism to go to, yeah, really just be engrossed in a world where people understand them. I think one of the most interesting parts of their story is they were both brand new parents and... Molly has really guided their life's path. They would not be opening this business if it weren't for her. And I think it's this really beautiful way of just looking at what life offers you and rolling with it. And and they now are going to be giving this gift to other families with neurodivergent children to help connect and better understand and learn from each other and support each other. So We'll definitely be keeping everyone posted when this new business opens in Big Bedeck. And like you said, we certainly dig into that in today's episode. The whole point of today's episode was for Steph and Sean to kind of turn the tables and interview us. But I certainly had a hard time just holding my tongue and not kicking into interview mode. Yeah, they ask one question, <laughs> then you say, let's turn this around. I know. You've already scolded me like six <laughs> no, times I'm for it. No, I'm not I'm saying it's funny. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. just, it's so natural. But I, I'm just genuinely curious and supportive of them as well. I really wanted them to be able to share their story because they're just the most loving, kind, ambitious, amazing people and it would be such a missed opportunity not to give them this platform to talk about all everything they're doing as well. But we'll consider it more of just a living room chat, a, a yeah. four-way living room chat is maybe <laughs> how we'll describe today's episode. <laughs> we'll and we've had that. Steph as a guest before. Steph yeah. was home with our other friend, Aaron Bulger, uh, both photographers, but Steph also is now teaching Yoga Nidra. She has uh, offerings on YouTube that you can check out. And Sean does personal training, amongst other things. He's away traveling for his work often, but their their next chapter is coming together as entrepreneurs like us yeah. in their homestead in Cape Breton. And we just wish them the best of luck. Yeah, well, let's, let's jump into this chat here and uh, hope everyone's doing great out there. And yeah, really think you're going to enjoy this one. That's what I sound like? Oh, God. <laughs> we won't sing. That might freak all of us out. Yeah. The four-part harmonies. Yeah. 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 I'll sit that one up. Kristen, you sing, sing as a line. Yeah. I have well, I have sung on the podcast before. We yeah. do Lay Down Sally if somebody needs to sneeze or take a little breather. Okay. But just this, to give them a break. We could do Happy Birthday. But that's... Uh, uh, we, we can pass on that, we too. Can, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like Stevie Wonder version. Happy Birthday. There you go. I knew it wouldn't get. You just did it. I knew it was coming. (laughs) There should be really a a new version of Happy Birthday. Yeah, like a like a rewrite of Happy Birthday. I think so. I was in the Economy Shoe Shop, the restaurant in Halifax, and it was before a show. We went out to get a pre-show meal and a drink. And someone walked into the bar, and there's there's this table like fifteen people. 
and they sang happy birthday like 15 beautiful voices all harmonizing and it was a different happy birthday happy birthday never heard like what the hell just you were there <laughs> yes like what the I hell remember. just happened but it was the cast from a show at Neptune Theater. So uh, they were incredible. Right, yeah. But yeah, that's it. We should get that version of Happy Birthday. Because it feels like an actual song. And you're yes. not sitting there just, was, you know, I'm a little bashful. Yeah. And you was, guys can stop It was very now. energetic. <laughs> but if you really want to go for it, I mean, we'd love to hear your, your singing voices. I remember there being like a... One at was a Lone Star restaurant. Was that the restaurant? Yeah, the Lone Star. Yeah, I don't know what I've been told. That one, remember that? No. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> Where they make you stand on your seat in yeah. the whole yeah. restaurant yeah. watches. Yeah. Yes. Getting old. Yeah. yeah. Happy. Somebody else's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she's queuing us, and we're just yeah, not just participating. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, happy birthday to Kristen tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know when people will hear this, but <laughs> I will have had my birthday by the time the episode airs. But we're we're June eighth today, birthday June 9th, and this will be airing shortly after that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, amazing. Thanks for having us yeah, today, guys. Thank guys. you. Thanks yeah, for being so here. you're here to grill us with the hard questions. We are. Be prepared. Stretch. Get ready. <laughs> I did my little yoga this yeah. morning. I'm ready. She's got notes. She's got notes to prompt herself if she needs them. Yeah, that's that's acceptable. To, Here, yeah. Whip them out. Whip them out if you need to. Whip okay. it out. Don't don't yeah, don't don't worry. Let's just let's just have some fun here. We just thought it would be neat. I know we'll probably ask each other questions, but we just thought it'd be neat to I mean it's been a year, right? Like it's been over a year that you've been doing the podcast. Yeah. And over a year that Kristen you um stopped your government job so it just seemed like a good time to like ask about how the year's been yeah maybe like some high points some low points like yeah because give us a bit of a synopsis is that the word synopsis synopsis, synopsis. Mm-hmm. of the year is that a good place to start yeah yeah that's a that's a great place to start do you do you want to start mike about podcasting or mm. well yeah the podcast started shortly after you would have left your your job and we were tossing the idea around for a little bit of time. I'm not even sure. We we go on these walks around the neighborhood and that's usually when we come up with our creative ideas. Right. We'll just banter back and forth and we'll start off with uh, an idea and then someone will add something and it'll, by the end of the walk it will shift into let's host a podcast which and maybe it started off with uh, let's sell sneakers for a living but uh, <laughs> by the end of it we're hosting a podcast but anyway we uh, we came up with the idea on a walk one day and I got I had most of the gear here anyway and I just had to get a few more things and I listened to endless podcasts so i listen to more podcasts and music now and a lot of podcasts about music so it's uh Mm -hmm. kind of kind of the area where i spent a lot of time just listening to other people talk and thought that we could do a pretty good job and we're a married couple who you know we understand our our cues and how to converse with people so it's funny we might have mentioned this before but the very first guest we had (laughs) we're like we gotta we gotta come up with a way 
so we know the other person's going to ask a question. We need a sign. Yeah. <laughs> we need a sign. So I'm like, like the third I... base coach kind of thing. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling the earlobe. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, should I kick you? Yeah. Or uh, no, that's a little aggressive. And we'll wink at each other is what we determined. And then we like, we can't start just winking back and forth at each other. During... The unknowing guest is like, why do they yeah. keep doing this? <laughs> These guys really love each other. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Constant, like you got it. You got but it. Uh, our first guest was a friend who lives in the subdivision here okay there's actually quite a few creative people in here we've had i think four on from this area but uh, yeah Lindsay was uh, an amazing first guest and just yeah we we've had a few episodes before that where it was just myself and Kristen, and we mm-hmm. we still will do that every once in a while but once we started interviewing people we just found it as a way that we really you really got to know someone on this level that was deeper than just having a conversation around the kitchen table or something, just because you're so connected and you're so intimately in that person's space and getting their ideas and opinions. And you're asking questions that you wouldn't around a kitchen table. So it's, um, we just really like that. And the experience of uh, yeah, getting to know this person on a deep, deeper level we wanted to keep doing. So we just tried to get as many guests as possible. And and one thing with this podcast, we've done every single one live in studio, mm. which we want to keep doing. Eventually, we may have to start reaching out to people outside of Nova Scotia area just because... I don't know how many people can we talk to in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Maybe there's enough. Yeah, we'll see. But yeah, it's it's been amazing. We learned a lot. I think we've gotten better each mm-hmm. episode at just being interviewers and communicating and taking a conversation in the way that it should go. Um, mm-hmm. And again, there's always sometimes at the end of an episode, we'll say, oh, I wish I asked this question or I wish I went a little bit further on this or whatever. But I think uh, yeah, we're we're trying to improve every day and every time we we do an episode and just have really good sound quality and yeah, just create a product that is the fifty fourth best arts podcast Woo! in the world <laughs> for the week. From time off. to time, yeah, at one point in time, and climbing, yeah. and yeah. climbing. Cool. No, you guys are it's incredible. We're like we admire you both so much. What is the thing that surprised you the most then about podcasting? in the last year? I I first want to kind of contribute a response to where we started here because mm-hmm. I think it's going to lead into this. I was out for a walk this morning <laughs> that Mike just described as often where our best thinking happens. I was by myself, but I'm opening my first art gallery tomorrow, which again, when this is aired, it will be have, this will have happened. But I was thinking about all of these moments in our life and in our marriage that we've had those concepts and we followed through on them. Mm. One of them being our book, one of them being this podcast, and one of them leaving my job, Mm. where we had this idea or sense of knowing that this is something we wanted. And this gallery is yet another one of those examples that I now have the experience to be able to trust that some of these ideas that might have seemed really big or courageous or even impossible. Now I have all of these examples and evidence behind me to say, look at how many times that we've done this and we've done it together. So I think 
at the beginning, at the early days of the podcast, it it did feel kind of, can we do this? Um, we have no idea what to expect. Where is this going to go? Mm-hmm. Now, a year and X number of months later, I'm almost not surprised at these other bigger goals that we're able to achieve. The podcast is now just but one example of this goal that we've achieved. I feel very capable of whatever we want to now imagine that we can bring it to life. So it it used to be a surprising thing. And now is just like, of course we got this. Look at all these times that we've been able to achieve this together. And I imagine like you guys have this cuz I want I want to flip this over from time to time in this interview as well. <clears throat> I don't know if you have that sort of shared experience but you you both are entering a new exciting I imagine scary in some ways chapter in your lives. So do you have that same kind of trust in knowing about yourselves? And and tell tell folks <clears throat> what you're doing. And uh, like we'll use this example because I'm curious if this is something that you two as a, a married collaborative couple have experienced. Well, no, this will be the first collaborative effort that we've that we've had. Okay. Um yeah. and it is, yeah. I mean it's something that neither one of us have any background in or any experience in, but it's something that we both like really deeply believe in. And you know, I think when you're trying to do something that is going to put some good back into the world that makes it a little bit easier, right? Because yeah. you start to right. see the amount of community support and it just feels right, you know? So if it feels right, it's probably going to go okay. Yeah. Definitely. And we have like you guys as friends, what you just said is so beautiful. It actually made me tear up because it's like you've, you've done all these things together. That's amazing. When you start listing it off, that that's incredible. So it gives us like, that gives me hope Yeah, big time. that we, um, yeah, we can do this. And maybe we haven't embarked on an entrepreneurial thing together, but we've definitely had uh, a wild ride in our relationship. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> and Molly's reach is ultimately what you're talking about here. Why don't yeah. you uh, explain a little bit about what that is? <laughs> uh, definitely. Sorry, I was looking at Sean being like, do you want to explain it? <laughs> and we just can't help ourselves. Yeah. we like, so now we'll interview you because you've had five minutes of questions for us. <laughs> no, um, Molly's reach kind of came about, uh, well, first and foremost, um, our daughter Molly is autistic. And we found that out right after, right before her second birthday. Yeah. Yeah. And um, she's just a magical little being. But that diagnosis definitely... Um, really shaped this whole I- idea for sure for Molly's Reach. We want it to be a retreat for neurodivergent kids and their families and caregivers. So basically kids who are on the spectrum or have ADHD or Tourette syndrome, uh, we just want there to be a space for these families and kids to come. And uh, where we are in Cape Breton and Big Bedeck, it's just the perfect location. Yeah. It's uh, right at the base of the highlands. The river's right there. We have lots of space, and we're just really excited to share it. The idea actually came from Sean. I'll let him explain that a bit. Yeah, actually, a couple of years ago, we were watching a, uh, a Brigadoon fundraiser, Brigadoon mm-hmm. Village. And this was in the, the depths of COVID, you know, when you had to stick to your own neighborhood. So the, the next day after we watched this, this awesome fundraiser, 
We were uh, illegally driving to the beach. We were heading to Conrad's, as we really shouldn't have been at the time. You're breaking the rules. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of struck me, like, you know, Brigadoon does a kind of like a week, you know, for each special cause kind of thing. And I was just thinking, like, wouldn't it be awesome to have a, a place where we could bring autistic families, uh, you know, autistic kids and their caregivers, autistic adults, like, you know, everybody, the whole neurodivergent community. And we could just do this all summer long instead of just for like a week for mm-hmm. for this cohort mm-hmm. um and then we just kind of batted it around for a while and now we're here you know wow. we're, we're with the balls rolling and you yeah. guys have had a hell of a journey to even land physically on that property definitely it's yeah it's been kind of like kismetic we uh we definitely went through the ringer uh with the housing crisis here for for a little while and then um just through the power of social media i hate to say that but we uh we found these amazing folks who offered us a place to live for you know far less than what it's worth mm-hmm. and uh now we're gonna we're gonna buy a chunk of it from them and and do what we're doing yeah the really beautiful thing about uh meeting thea and adrian uh, mccachran are their names they also have a son who's autistic his name is luke and he's a year older than molly so just us meeting i mean what happened was we got evicted like so many people have and are being evicted uh, a year ago. Um, and then we kind of got evicted again. Ideal time. Did you ever think maybe the problem is? I I swear we're good people. (laughs) It was just both cases uh, kind (laughs) of, one wanted to sell the house. Yeah. The other other one, it was a situation (laughs) where we, we agreed to buy the house, but then, the house didn't have a basement or insulation or and it was mm. falling over and at the yeah. last minute we just kind of pulled the plug and didn't make didn't we, make sense yeah we just can't do this yeah and then i i said to sean i was like we want to be in cape breton we love cape breton let's and i i always spent my summers in bedeck and loved the area i said let's get really specific with our search and just tell people we want to be in the bedeck area and it was really amazing the response we got and thea was one of uh, one of these amazing people. And it was kind of this thing, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience, but when when we first had a conversation and Sean was away working in New Orleans when I first talked to her, but I just knew when I first talked to her, like these are going to be lifelong friends. Mm-hmm. We have a similar vision. Thea had used, she used to be a nurse, but she isn't anymore. They're, they're growing this beautiful farm and they're farmers and they're just really interesting people. Yeah. And I used to be a teacher and then we both had these autistic kids and we both have this vision of, what this land could be. And it actually, funnily enough, um, the land used to be a hippie commune. So it's it's got this awesome history history to it of lots of people always living on the land. So it just kind of is neat that it'll always continue to have that shared spirit. Yeah. If that makes sense. And there's just kind of like a cool thing going on in Big Bedeck right now. Uh, Rose has the, the little church concert series going on and, it's it's just there's really like there's there's like an energy coming back into the yeah. place that you know probably hasn't been there for quite a while. Yeah, you know we're really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, we plan on not moving any. <laughs> never, never again. <laughs> never we're again. Growing old there. When roots. when do you want this to open? Yeah, we're hoping we're hoping late fall to uh, what's the word to do you break use? ground. Break ground. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. We had the yeah. carpenter all lined up for the first two cabins and yeah. kind of what we envision is a slow build to have a few cabins and then we'd love to build or going to build a yeah. sensory barn 
So a massive barn structure that we could have um, musical events at and yeah. like just a communal space, like living space, a big yeah. kitchen, um, art center, yoga space. Um, yeah, kind yeah. of like just a little One bit. One-stop shopping. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations, you guys. This is It's so important. It's so beautiful and exciting. Thank you. And we, and we hope like it's kind of interesting because, and maybe you can speak to this with the podcast, like we, we have an idea of what we would love mm. for the space to be mostly a place where we just want kids to feel safe and people to feel safe and to be themselves. But beyond that, it's kind of like the sky's the limit. Like what can... I you think know? just yeah. letting... Like having that vision in mind and going after it and seeing how it evolves along the way is all you can really do. Yes. Because different things will come up along the way that may, maybe you want to build 10 cabins, but along the way, like, okay, we don't need 10, we need five or whatever, whatever yeah. it may be. But I yeah. think like having the vision is the biggest thing and focusing on that vision and making small adaptations along the way as as things come up, uh, maybe they're positive things, maybe they're obstacles, you never know, yeah. but right. there are going to be things that will come up. And I think just being adaptable and being able to, to roll with the punches, as they say, is, is the biggest thing. Yeah, that's true. We started the podcast not ever imagining we would have a single guest, and now we <laughs> only have guests because yeah. we learned that's what we enjoy. And we always had it in our heads that we wanted to like you folks create a sense of community mm -hmm. we wanted to uh, highlight and amplify the voice of the artist or the entrepreneur and now we're pulling in kind of other walks of life but we thought we would be doing that to some extent with just mike and i and right. then you quickly realize we'll let the folk let people speak for themselves and right. tell their own stories and really dig into them as a person and yeah i think it's a matter of figuring out what you what you enjoy and, and running with that. But having just this concept, a lot of people stop at that fear and is it going to be perfect? And I don't have all these details sorted out. So let's just not even try. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But going for it is the most important part, I think. Yeah. And that's kind of like the, that's been a bit of a sticking point for me because my whole life I've always been like ready, aim, fire. Yeah. But this time it's kind of like fire. Okay. Let's see what we got. And then we'll go, <laughs> we'll go and figure it out for the next time. You know, so yeah. it's like we're, we're kind of, we're trusting a lot. But what yeah. changed that you mm. feel you can take that approach now? Well, honestly, I think I just, uh, I've become a lot less of a stickler for the rules since becoming a special needs parent, you yeah. know, um, yeah. you kind of like learn to adapt and you got to think on your feet and mm. it doesn't always go your way. Chances are it's yeah. not going to go your way. Right. So you gotta, yeah, you just got to roll with it. And I think, you know, as a family, we've got rolling with it down to a science now, you know, yeah, you got to go with the flow. Yeah, it's That's a true. pretty important skill in life in general, I think. Yeah. Because, again, like even just last week, we mm. we thought our house may burn down. Yeah. And we, I think we, we, we just, we were lucky enough to go to Kristen's gallery to stay in at Togetherland and had an air mattress that was pretty comfortable, you know, it did the job. But if we just were completely paralyzed by fear, like mm. we just wouldn't be able to function at all. And right. like, yeah, obviously I didn't want to lose my house and all the gear I have and all the memories here. And 
yeah, just our life. But I was like, if it happens, it happens and we move on. Like that's, well, we'll figure it out. We had the conversation too about having the benefit of experience behind us. Everything from we've lived out of a suitcase for weeks, months at a time while traveling. We we wrote a whole book about misadventures, like things that went wrong and how we sorted it out. Mm. So we felt very capable and equipped to at least emotionally cope with that situation. And we had a conversation on the way back to the house about it's very important that we stay calm and calculated and have a bit of a plan and not freak out. And we've grown. This is another, I guess, point to growth that that comes more naturally to us. That wouldn't have been the case for everyone, of course. And there's different ages and family dynamics, pets, Some people couldn't get to their house whatsoever. So everyone's circumstances would have been different. But that part of the experience, I felt like that was a strength that we had. And I imagine with opening Molly's Reach, you now have these years of experience. You've you have like you're describing, Sean, like usually it doesn't go our way. So you've had probably endless scenarios where you're troubleshooting. Yeah. And you're good at that now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and and that's one of the things about a about working with the folks that we're going to work with is like, you know, we have no idea what's going to come down the pipe at us. Right. Yeah. You know, but we'll just, that's, that's what we want to do. We just want to be a place where folks can come. And if, if there's a lot of noise, if there's a lot of tantrums, if there's a lot of, you know, uh, things that make the general population uncomfortable, it's not going to be the case there. You know, I just started what's called uh, accessibility training Mm -hmm. through an organization called Sensory Friendly Solutions. So they, uh, it's it's funded through government, but it's a fairly, um, you know, it's a big undertaking. But we go through six months of training where I will essentially learn about different types of disabilities or sensory sensitivities. Mm. My very first session I had, uh, she used the example of some children with autism don't like uh, hand dryers in washrooms mm. and parents will make uh, broken signs to hang up on the hand dryer. You're both shaking your head right now to hang up on the hand dryer. Nodding. Yes. No, yeah. Yes. <laughs> nodding. Yes. Like this is familiar. No, this isn't true. Yeah. Not true. <laughs> the but like in her eyes, she was just sharing this quick example story with me, but that that one five second story gave me so much clarity about how many hundreds and thousands of moments in your life would be forever changed. Like these considerations and adaptations that you would, ju- we would have no recognition of. We would just either assume the hand dryer is broken or, you yeah. know, you just kind of glaze over. Right. Did you have any idea whatsoever about how to, live with and support a child with autism before you were those parents? Not even close. Like no idea. Right. Like, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, for a long time, I didn't know if I was going to be a parent, you know, I just, it wasn't on the radar. And then I met Steph and Molly came on the scene pretty quick. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then uh, this kind of came out of nowhere and I had no experience in this realm whatsoever. But, but I um, think we both, um, if I can cut in there a bit, I think it's interesting when you have this little being that is so sensitive to to different like sounds or touch or yeah. you start to realize within your own self, you start to um, 
really look at your own life and your own. And I, and I realize things that uh, like really loud noises or yesterday we was telling you guys us coming into the city and there being so much traffic and it felt really overwhelming. Yeah. You start to recognize things about yourself. Your own little idiosyncrasies kind mm-hmm. of like, you know. Yep. And it's just, yeah, it, I don't know. Then that makes, I find the biggest thing is now, and you'll, you're going to find this with your training, I'm sure, is I just look at the world a lot differently now a lot more compassion when i'm meeting somebody and they might not look at me in the eyes there's probably a really good reason for that if somebody can't make eye contact or you know there's just so many um yeah so many just so many little things just with everyday interactions with people i always have that in my back of my mind now i wonder you know this person could be autistic or dealing with this and yeah 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 it gives you a lot more empathy Mm-hmm. Or sure. toward towards others and patience and yes yeah. definitely which is really it's it's giving for others but it also i have found just makes me feel more at ease to behave in the ways i might need to right yeah that's a good point i'm sitting here thinking i'm like what advice do you guys have for us like you've worked together now like you said on the book on the podcast and I'm sure there's other things that are in the, what advice do you have for us as we're just at the very beginning of like joining this like entrepreneurial believe in yourselves, believe in what's going to happen. And no matter what comes up, just keep going. I remember, and I guess I've been a musician for like 20 years Mm and like, there's a lot of periods where, you feel like you're at rock bottom and you have to uh, really focus on the the vision you have and the, the dream you have. And other people around you might not really understand what it is you're doing or why you're so passionate about this particular thing. But you just got to keep that belief within yourselves. And this is something now that is like, if I want to do something, okay, it just, I do it till it's done and it's out. If I'm, if it's something I'm releasing. And I remember when we were working on the book, Kristen, like there'd be periods where, yeah, we're going through a challenging part. Like how do we connect these chapters? How does this come together? Like this storyline doesn't make sense. And you were, I don't want to say giving up on it, but you were almost losing faith. I'm like, we just work on it till it's done. Like, mm. If it's not good enough now, if it takes us 10 years, we're just going to keep editing, revising, and going at it till it's done. Like, that's the only thing you can do. And, like, I don't want to seem like I'm just the eternal optimist, but you do have to have that optimism to to get to the end of a project because things do come up that throw a wrench in your plans, and you have to really just focus on that and remind each other you know like this is our vision like this is for molly and this is for people like molly and you're doing a really good thing like you're doing something that will benefit people and uh, even our book like we wanted to write a book and write something fun and uplifting and at the end of the day like yeah we we want to release something and have a hard copy but we knew that just from telling the stories to other people that they're going to get something out of it. Mm-hmm. So thinking off what, who, who can benefit from it is, is a big thing as well. So like the end result, okay, we have this 
physical hard copy and audiobook and digital version of it. But when people read that, what is the end result? Like they're going to be on a beach laughing and, and especially during COVID, like, I don't know, a lot of people were stressed out and that mm-hmm. was kind of one of the reasons we wanted to release it was let's put something lighthearted out there that will make people just, I don't know, feel, feel at ease and maybe just, they can laugh at us. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be the expense they can laugh at. But uh, I guess, yeah, think, remember, remind yourself of the end goal and why you're doing it. And I think the example you used about our process speaks to what my mm. advice would be in working with your strengths. Mm. Because you had years of experience behind you in a world that I had no years of experience behind me. So you're advice was helpful to me there were things that i could bring to the table that you didn't have experience with so instead of everybody trying to do everything Mm -hmm. we've certainly found uh, a rhythm in what we like to do what comes more naturally to us i think identifying things too and we talked about this with a recent guest jen warrington who pointed out often warrington i always go with warrington because it sounds like harrington (laughs) but uh she pointed out a lot of times your your attributes, your skills aren't things that you're aware of because it is who you are at a soulful level. And often it takes someone else, perhaps a partner, to see that in you. Right. And I think, you know, in, in our case, in working together on projects, because we know each other as a married couple, we can more easily say, like, if our doorbell rings... I'd rather Mike get the doorbell, get right. see who's at the door. Like I can do that. I would you just can't? rather. I don't think I've ever seen you answer the door. <laughs> it's a small thing: <laughs> cleaning out the freezer, getting the raccoon out of the house. Like yeah. these are Mike jobs. <laughs> so if I was home alone, yes, I'm capable. Don't uh, want to do it. I would love to see you by yourself get the raccoon out of the sun porch. <laughs> I grew up on a farm. Yeah. Like, I've heard heard cattle before, so capable, but. It's been it's been a learning, but I like you. I, I guess that would be um, a piece of advice: is to get clear on the things that you enjoy about the process or mm-hmm. building a business. Maybe one of you is more comfortable networking or promoting, marketing that kind of thing, and someone else likes to be more behind the scenes. And um, yeah, there's endless examples. Yeah, you don't have of, to do the exact same thing. I yeah. guess yeah. like just divide and conquer if yeah. that's what's what's needed. And yeah. support each other along the way. So, love that. And yeah. it sounds like the. Do you guys find yourselves going for walks off often? Like I know that's how the podcast was birthed. But if yeah. if you have things to work out, is it on a walk or is it? It's not. We don't intentionally go on a walk to work things out. Okay. It's just I don't know. We were often talking about ideas, and we we have things that need to be worked out. So it just Mm -hmm. comes up in conversation because that's just us talking to each other. Like, Hey, I got this uh, idea about a concept album. What do you think? And just because of the things we're working, we're dealing with on our own. So we Mm -hmm. just converse about it. And you're not distracted by other things around the house. You're Mm -hmm. it's the stimulation of being in nature. I think makes your brain work in new creative ways. That's, in some that's not that's not us that's no secret yeah that that's good advice for anyone i saw this uh this thing online once about all these i guess they were like geniuses these really smart people who all went for the 
really long walks every day. Like mm-hmm. Einstein walked for four hours a day. I don't know if he did, but all these yeah. people like <laughs> the internet said he did. So. Yeah, no, but it was like this documented like all these people who were very successful went for walks. It was just a thing that they did, mm-hmm. and uh, it was. And not to say that we're we're trying to be like them or anything, but it was just. And we, I didn't read that and say, oh, we got to go for walks. We were already doing it just because it's something we enjoy. But I think it is just a good way to step outside just what you, maybe not your comfort zone, but just st- t- take a step outside what you're working on and let the, the nature and the things that you're experiencing just kind of let your brain, brain think in a different way. Yeah, mm. yeah, for sure. Pro- approach problems maybe in a new way. Yeah, and that's kind of how Molly's Reach was birthed, was, was walking on Was the, walking on the beach, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. we're totally going to take that advice of, like, just walk on the property and yeah. just see what comes up. Yeah, I think the other thing I was wondering about, and you were wondering, too, about creative process. Yeah, I was just wondering for both of you, um, how are your creative processes different? Or, like, like, before you paint or before you write or, like, before you do something together, like, how is it... Does that make sense? Like how things are, what do you do? Yeah, I, my, my process is still evolving. Mm-hmm. I, I still feel like I'm finding what my creative expression even is. Mm-hmm. So I've come to, people would know me best for making abstract art. I will likely always do that, but I don't feel like that's the end game. Right. Uh, so I think until I really feel grounded and settled in this is what I want to communicate, Mm. that that process will always be changing. But I have like right now I'm finding I'm very much connected to just taking in the immersiveness of an environment and using that to create something. So having spent this week at the gallery living there, Mm. being evacuated we would spend every morning, I would go down to the beach by myself in the morning because I wake up earlier than Mike and we would spend the evenings there usually just watching the stars come out and take a bottle of wine and whatever our coping mechanisms were at that time. <laughs> <laughs> Snacks. <laughs> but I, I, we were just in this state of mind and circumstance that kind of forced you back into that state of being present. Mm-hmm. I find that's the benefit of a of a, I don't know, like really hyper moment or um, some type of tragedy or something that's happened to you. It's seemingly this really bad environment, but the clarity that comes with it with, with grief or trauma can be actually beneficial when all is said and done. And I found myself often in the morning just like holding the seaweed and popping the dried seaweed in my fingers and looking for cool rocks and we got to know the birds that were around and how many babies the duck had and what time of day the heron would come out. And that presence really reminded me of how critical that was when I was making art, like that intention behind it. Because mm. it's very easy. I think Mike or I now, either one of us could go make something mm-hmm. very right. easily. If there was a rave happening around me, I could still make a painting. <laughs> but... Having that reminder of how much better it is for me and the end result of the product when I have that intention was really key. So I think that's where I am with my process right now is trying to better 
express like myself and my environment like through through myself instead of just using technique that I'm capable of. Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think for me, it's just this. It's similar, but I feel like at this point I've been doing it so long that writing has become to write a song is really easy now but to write a good song i really have to tap into something that's real something some emotion or Mm. something that i know other people can connect to because ultimately the song or what i'm creating is about how other people are going to perceive it and i could today if after this podcast like okay i gotta go write songs i could probably write four songs Mm -hmm. and i but if i'm just writing to write they're probably not going to be the best things i ever wrote i know for sure they won't be like but but if i feel like i'm able to tap into an emotion or uh, something that i've experienced that i know i can create a relatable example through music for other people to consume that i know then that's going to be something that resonates with people so i think it's just about having the antennas up and Mm. being able to know when those moments are happening and know that it's it's time to really capture that Mm. because again like songs aren't that hard to write or words aren't that hard to put on page but to create something that's you know, that's going to resonate with people for a long time has to be, there has to be some type of emotion just in every ounce of it. Mm. And I think, uh, I think those ideas and those feelings are floating around and it's up to artists to really just hone in on those and capture them in that relatable way. Did you always approach it that way or did you like used to set time aside, like, you know, to, to try and like dive in and. No, I've, I've never tried to write a song. Uh, I've always just kind of, I'm always, whenever I'm sitting down, I'm usually just picking up a guitar and messing around and I don't often practice old stuff. I'm always just working on just, Mm -hmm. I guess, ideas. And, uh, whenever the, right idea kind of strikes that's when i realize okay i gotta start writing writing this down or a few songs i've written just in my head just uh as i'm like walking around I'm like okay uh, this line makes sense what can the next one be and i'm just yeah trying to trying to just let let the let it come to me rather than force it and Right now, I'm in a. I'm doing a project where I kind of have to sit down and write songs because I'm writing a song for every chapter in a book I wrote. So right. I, have to, I have to write seventy five songs. Oh my god! So wow. So, but this is. I, I have this manuscript printed off, and I'll just take the chapter and I'll be sitting on the beach at Togetherland and just kind of. Uh, be playing around and look at lines in the song in the in the writing like okay does this translate into music or what what are the key points in what i wrote here that i need to capture and uh, do i want to be literal like exact lines from the writing or do i just want to take the main feeling behind this chapter 
And it's kind of a new, I don't want to say challenge, but a new way to approach it. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 really fun, actually. That's awesome. Uh, that is cool. And it's and ultimately, it all it, this is all about feeling and emotion as well because. I wrote, I typed this out in or written in notebooks for multiple years to capture a particular feeling in every chapter. And then I got to really think back to what the original idea I'm trying to capture here is Mm. and then capture that in form of music. So it's uh, a slightly different way than I've approached things in the past, but... it's I guess it's ever evolving. Like everything. Sounds like a massive undertaking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a big project, yeah. but uh, my goal my goal after the opening is to just do a song every day for the summer. Wow, mm. that's just, awesome. And I have, a, I have a number of them already done, and just ideas. Anytime I have an idea I've liked over the last 20 years, I record it in some capacity, whether it's just a voice memo or uh, something in the studio or whatever. So I have bits and pieces of probably a thousand songs wow like one 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 hundredth of a song here yeah. like one ten like not full songs just ideas and and a lot of the time if i captured one say five years ago i i know like okay this is the song that will probably be for the book so i have a just giant folder and I'll just go, okay, book songs. And no way. it might be labeled book song, <clears throat> piano, slow, sad, or something. And then that that uh, feeling is something that I'll I'll just go listen to that again and f- figure out how that, which chapter maybe that can relate to. That's so cool. Go from there. That's awesome. But it is a big undertaking, but it's, again, like when, I don't know, it's like a, a carpenter is, can build a small house, can you build 75 houses? Yes. You just yeah. have to put in the time, I guess. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. nice when the process kind of gets switched up for you mm-hmm. because it's, I find it challenging to say, I want to experiment with something new, but where do you start? It's kind of like trying to get to better know yourself. Like this is something I desire, but what question do I ask? Mm-hmm. So when there's a little bit of a nudge, I mean, I know it was your concept to write a song for each chapter, but yeah the the process and approach will look different than maybe what you're used to. And that kind of happened for me, Steph, as an outcome of one of your Yoga Nidra classes that you had recorded. I forget the, do you remember what the title was that week? Oh, um, uh, a Yoga Nidra to Enhance Creativity. Okay, Something yes. So that, that makes perfect sense because <laughs> you often have a theme for mm-hmm. like the, the intention behind them. And I had done this Nidra class and just like laid in my bed and went through that and was very open to knowing I was going to go in my studio after and open to whatever visuals came in. And what happened was like, this is nothing (laughs) like what I would typically create or paint. And it was so fun. I made Rocket Roll Unicorn (laughs) was the painting and I ended up getting a custom order for that same style the following week as an outcome of just being open to going about the process part different. Right. That's so so cool. I think that speaks to like the artist's brain and how mm-hmm. having a little bit of guidance or this this new thing just come into your life and being open to it can sometimes get you out of that. It's good to be familiar with yourself, good to be familiar with the process. But I loved the experience of you kind of initiating this 
openness in my creative mind to just let myself, you know, color outside the lines. And that's exactly what happened. That's awesome because that was totally what I wanted to hear happen with art with artists. So that's so awesome. Yeah, happened. I I haven't done your kids one yet, but I'm going to. Yeah, no, the kids one. I'm going to keep doing the kids ones and hoping that adults do them too. Because, I mean, I I think we can learn so much from kids. And the biggest thing is their imaginations Mm. and and just the art of playing. Yeah, just just to play and just to get messy and. I don't know. I think sometimes as adults, we forget that those those kid like tendencies to play and be messy and just be so free um, that can just serve us so well, which I hope is what will happen at Molly's Reach. Because the other thing that we would love to have happen is for artists to come like you guys to come, like how you guys did a, uh, the residency in Columbia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We would love for that to be a place like in the winter months, for example, where things are maybe a little bit slower for kids being there and families being there, but for artists to come and really tap into their creativity in that kind of environment. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like your background, Steph, you have training teaching. Mm-hmm. We knew know you best as a photographer, mm-hmm. or that's how we met. Uh, you've got your yoga training, Yoga Nidra, and now the both of you collaborating mm-hmm. in this beautiful commune. Yes. It's almost like... I don't know. Like, do you feel like looking back at your life that this is just exactly where you were meant to wind up? Because as an outside observer, that's certainly how it feels. 100%. I feel like Sean and I both feel, I don't want to talk for you, but I I think we both feel um, like we kind of our whole lives have been like kind of lost souls a little bit, I would say. Like just. Yeah, kind of nomadic. Yeah. And kind of all over the place, but have these like, you know, big interests and things and. And now it seems like all of our interests, because Sean is a personal trainer as well. Um, he's really into breath work. And and we, we both have these like really um, big interests that are a big part of our lives. And now it seems like this space will be able to really make all of that happen and and bring in like lots of experts and people to come in. Because um, I think we're just, we're both, and I think like you guys too, we're just big on always learning and self-growth and and yeah this this place this this uh, molly's reach the land just feels like it's constantly going to be giving us so much more than we're giving it i guess yeah like it's 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 just it's a big well of inspiration out there mm-hmm. you know you wake up and you see the mist coming over the backside of the highlands and you know you hear the birds chirping and everything and you just kind of can't help it you know get struck with a sense of wonder mm-hmm. right like it's yeah it's just it's magic out there how do you guys, this is kind of a question for all of you, okay. so anybody who wants to jump in here, but <laughs> I've been thinking about coming out of a government job where it was very routine. I would go, I knew exactly what was expected of me, and it felt like, although I enjoyed a lot of it, it, it felt like I was going to my job, and when I got home, I got to be me, or a different version of me. Mm-hmm. Whereas now my work is kind of one in the same with what I would be choosing to do with my time anyways, which is a really beautiful thing. I love that. It feels like a very true expression of me as a person, but it's also kind of blurred the lines between work and play or leisure. It's even become a little bit harder to go on vacation without observing you know, maybe a public sculpture and being like, that's cool. I wonder how they made that. I wonder how I could use that for an idea. Like it's kind of like my brain is now constantly 
on and mm-hmm. it's working, but it's fun. And so I'm just kind of trying to figure out like, where do I begin and end with that? And I don't know if any of you have feelings or or maybe even have thought about this getting into the line of work that you are, but if if that resonates, raise your hand. <laughs> no. well, I, I think you, I don't think you can separate what you're saying. Like it's mm. impossible to, to look at another painting or something and just like have no, no, I guess influence upon you. Right. But that's kind of almost like I, I almost um, mourn that in, in not mm. being able to look at art and just take it for, pleasure only much like you listening to a song you're like oh they you know they're recording in this microphone i bet or i don't know what happens but this is this goes back to the uh (laughs) antennas being up like you're looking for inspiration all the time and that's that's the role of an artist really i read somewhere once it said it's an artist's responsibility to make sense of our emotions so you you Mm. are essentially uh just you're you're looking for that all the time. You're looking for ways to make sense of that. You're looking for things you can tap into and not to say there's no separation. Like you, you exercise, like you go for runs, like there's lots of things you can do to separate. But I think, uh, to really be able to tap into what I was saying earlier, you just have to kind of always be looking for that. Mm. How do you feel about it, Steph? Yeah, I feel like because we're about to enter into like where where we live right now is just where we live. But soon it'll be where we essentially like work, work as well host, or yeah. host. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. And I mean, I guess you guys are used to having people in and out of your home and also your workspace as well. But I think I think it'll be really important for me to do what you said, like like go for a walk and just But even though you are constantly then the creativity is constantly going sometimes, but we're, we're going to have to find ways and maybe that'll be like just going away for a week, a year or something. Yeah. We've kind of talked about that a little yeah. bit already. I think that's, that's something that we'll, we'll try to do because we don't, we don't want Molly to feel like she has to share our attention and stuff like that, especially mm-hmm. around our home all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, Although she's going to love that. She's yeah. She's probably just not going to want to leave. Yeah. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's very extroverted, which yeah. can be rare sometimes with that an autistic person yeah Uh, okay yeah um but as far as like you know always having that hat on mm -hmm. i think part of the reason we want to do this is because that hat doesn't come off you know what i mean like you what we're trying to do is kind of like a allow like you know other people in the community to come in and just kind of share this experience that that we're going through ourselves and Mm -hmm. you know it's it's a it's an all day every day kind of a thing right so why not, why not share the ride? Yeah, definitely. And you're going to meet a lot of like-minded parents exactly. as well. Yeah. And just people in the same same boat as you, and you'll learn from them as well. Exactly. And 100%. Just as this goes on, like, just you'll just have people come into your life, just much the way us hosting a podcast, we brought yeah. people here who become really good friends, like, You'll have people come to Molly's Reach to stay with you that may become lifelong friends. You know, it's you never know where it will take you. And that that's the amazing thing about doing a, a venture like this. Like mm-hmm. you have this vision 
but it it won't be exactly how you have it planned and then that's that's a good thing because mm. there's room for wild uh wild things to happen that just surprise you and i think i think that's something that uh we humans this day and age often lack is like this this how you can be surprised in life and mm-hmm. yeah especially when you get stuck in a routine or something and same thing again and again like be going on these uh t- or taking on a, a venture like this or whatever us going to columbia to an artist residency like all these new things happen that just surprise you and sometimes it's for the better and sometimes it's been maybe for the worse but uh it uh keeps you going for sure yeah, that's such a that's such a good point. That just happened with Togetherland. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. Like yeah. we all along have been planning that this is what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. This is the concept. This is how we're going to make it happen in this number of days and then suddenly we're living there unexpectedly. <laughs> we can't really work on the space yeah. and quite frankly didn't feel like doing anything other than just checking if our house had burned down yet. And so you're yeah. just in this really bizarre state of mind and the days after when you know, I, I maybe we just needed a distraction, but did make the decision that now we're going to go for this. We have five days to develop, promote and open a business like let's go. <laughs> and the community rallied around us in such a way that like I cried 800 times a day out of the because people were just being so thoughtful and kind. I was very wow. moved by that. And in hindsight, not only will the gallery look and function better because of that but the whole mm-hmm. concept behind it from day one was this idea of togetherness and wanting people to feel like they were part of it as well like yes my name's on the sign but the whole the whole idea is that you're not just walking into a regular art gallery where you're kind of afraid to speak to mm-hmm. each other you're going and your art will be on the wall and you can do a workshop here with me or you know it'll evolve as time goes on but this seemingly um, you know, interruption, disruption to our life that was scary at the time ended up creating like a way more beautiful outcome than had I just done it like I had planned. How incredible is that? Yeah. yeah. Where did Togetherland, where did, it, where did that birth? We've heard about the podcast where that came. Yeah. I'm glad you asked this, mm-hmm. actually. I, I hadn't thought about talking about that, but Togetherland is... It, it was a concept that uh, is a little bit different than the gallery. We'll say the gallery is kind of the first iteration of what Togetherland was meant to be. But if you've ever been to Disney, they have like Adventureland and Frontierland. And I have always really enjoyed immersive experiences where as many of my senses are lit up as possible. Mm-hmm. And going back to like the lack of surprise or perhaps lack in human connection, I thought it would be fun to create, I'll I'll say like an amusement park of sorts, Mm -hmm. but an immersive experience where you go with one other person to reconnect or, or connect in the first place. Maybe it's a first date. Maybe you're taking your grandmother or your child and every different aspect of the environment will be designed for that to happen. So tables will be in pairs of twos and all the activities will be in sets of twos. So you're together, you're connecting with that person. And so the gallery, and we call our house Magic Land. Yeah. So the gallery is kind of this extension of both Magic Land and this bigger idea of just 
human connection, essentially. Wow. Yeah. I can't wait to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so amazing. And was Togetherland in your head when you, when you quit the government job a year ago or, or no? I don't think. I think this might have been a Columbia thing. I didn't get a lot of work done at that artist residency, truth be told, mm-hmm. but I I feel like I learned a lot about myself. I had only left my job maybe 10 days before, mm-hmm. so it felt very fresh and raw and like, now I'm an artist. Wonder what that looks like. <laughs> so I was really figuring myself out. Uh, cried a lot that time, too. <laughs> a lot of tears. A lot of tears from this girl. Um But yes, a lot of ideas came in during that time and just kind of processing, but it wasn't it wasn't crazy productive. And something else we haven't talked about on the podcast, and I hope you're okay, Mike, with me bringing this up. But Mm -hmm. we went to the residency with the plan of writing our second book. Mm -hmm. And that whole experience was also very emotional because the concept was our first book is funny. Mm -hmm. or it's meant to be (laughs) and the concept for the second book was about us each growing up in small towns Mm -hmm. and we had the plan of writing it in a similar format as the first where we would alternate stories and they would be funny once we started digging into that process like Mike's stories are awesome they're exactly what we had planned for them to be like they're they're funny he has all these really detailed memories of his childhood and like this was translating really well meanwhile I'm having this experience of my childhood wasn't really that funny now that I think about it and I I was writing some of these stories out and reading them aloud because Mm -hmm. that was part of the activity that we did there and people were like I'm so sorry that happened to you they're (laughs) like crying and I'm trying to like you know make fun of this thing that happened to me as a kid right so we like Mike and I then were in this position of what is this book or like, mm. can we even write this book? And we've kind of been at a standstill since then. Yeah. Well, there's, there's your stories are still good. Like they're not like bad stories or anything. It's just the, the, the two of them together doesn't mm. really flow the way we want. So I, I really like, I really like what I've written and I like what you've written, but I don't think they belong together. <clears throat> but this is the conversation we're now in, which yeah. goes back to what we just talked about and how you have this plan. Right. And then it doesn't look like how you started. But I don't think we've yet figured out what the evolution of yeah, it is. Yeah, well, we talked like, okay, maybe I write the book and you're going to do art for it or like some. We want it to be still collaborative. Yeah. If we can do right. that. But at the end if it's not like whatever like we we can't we can't do everything every project we set out to do doesn't work right. out exactly how it, mm-hmm. it it should or how we expect it to um but yeah like i i like the stories that i created i'm like i do want to get these out there at some point in time and i don't know how how or if it's going to be because when the two of us are writing a book, we are essentially writing half a book, you know? So, right. so hey, I got to think of another 20 stories about growing up in a small town. Uh, <laughs> and I have them, but uh, it's just another... 
if I'm going to release something on my own, it's a, it becomes a different and a bigger thing, which again is something that can be done. It's just where do we want to take it? And we have so many other things on the go that it's not pertinent, I guess. So mm-hmm. we can, we're focusing on other things and I've been picking away at some of those stories for writing, but it's hard. It's hard to focus sometimes when you have a lot of ideas on the go. It, Imagine, like, okay, I I have this book I want to finish, but I got to write the songs for it, and I have my band where I'm working on an album there, and so sometimes. And you're it, employee of the month at the gallery yeah. every month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just just focusing on uh, where to put your energy is kind of a, a hard thing at mm. times, and yeah. and. Uh, it's, it's it's a weird thing where where I guess like I just like creating and like working on these ideas and often don't think of okay what's the best way I can make money doing this because that is an important thing at the end of the day and I'm sure if I just was able to focus on one thing and really mm-hmm. hone in on that like <laughs> well I could I could be more successful if i maybe just did this one thing i just just played music just wrote songs or whatever right but I'm like i like writing books too and i gotta put in thousands of hours doing that <laughs> too so yeah. uh, my plan is to slowly get better at every every little thing i'm doing mm-hmm. till all of a sudden like I, all of them like man i'm really good then your name will be in lights yeah yeah then your name will be in exactly. i'm sure it already has been Mm-hmm. I want to ask you, Sean, what is your, what's your creativity? How would you describe that about uh, yourself? Well, I don't really have that yet. I don't that think. I don't believe you. True. I don't believe you. Sean is an amazing, <laughs> gifted writer. I expect there are multiple things that you're mm-hmm. shy to talk about, but I am putting, I'm, you're talking about it now. Well, you're on the I, podcast. I've, I've always had, uh, <laughs> always had the idea of, of writing someday, but uh, I've kind of like, I've, dip my toes into that pool a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've just always ended up shelving it for this reason or that reason. Or yeah. What style yeah. of writing? Uh, just kind of, I guess, I, how would you have to say like that? True about, 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 true stuff or make-believe? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 just, you know, like I've, I've done a lot of traveling. I've been around the block and, yep. you know, just kind of a cautionary tale, I guess, for other young men coming <laughs> coming up yeah. kind yeah. of thing. You, know, you have a, a memoir, kind of like. Yeah, kind of a, a memoir, I guess, yeah. It's going to come out. One of these days. How, do you, these f- days. how do you find, because I know that you're, uh, <clears throat> like, you're health-orientated. You've got yep. a background in personal training, and yep. you're interested in breath work. You're both doing meditation. How do you find that connection and relationship with other men? Mm. Well, it's it's fun. It's funny, right? Because a lot of guys have a really hard time um, taking advice for anything, mm. right? So when another guy ever came to me and was looking for, for help in that realm. Like you really kind of have to approach it in a, a delicate manner, like even more so than I did with any of the, the women that I, that I worked with. Cause uh, mm-hmm. you know, like it, you, you kind of have to, you got to lob it in there for them and, and make them feel at ease. Right. Like you don't want to, you, you don't want to put it out there in a way where it's like a, a drill sergeant, like, you know, do this, 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 you almost got to let them like figure it out for themselves kind of thing and it's let's face it like you know health is a it's a touchy subject for a lot of people right and a lot of people are really touchy about you know like whether it's weight issues or self-image issues and Mm -hmm. stuff like that and it it was it was kind of cool it actually uh 
it, when I went back to uh, to working offshore, it was actually like a skill set that I took with me back out there. Like you know, it, it made me better with people. It made me better uh, a better uh, supervisor, I guess, better boss. Yeah, Some of the guys I that with. makes total sense. Yeah, going back to just having that empathy. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Do you find men have the same kinds of maybe um, like we'll use body image as an example, the same types of challenges as your female clients would? I would say even more so, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's I don't know, uh, maybe not though. I mean, it's 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 such an individual thing, and I mean, it's just right now with social media, everybody's you know stuck on perfect, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just not it's just not real, right? Mike got out the uh, mall for me last month, and we smashed our scale together. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It was a cathartic experience. There you go. I was well, having one of those days of like, oh, I gained five pounds. And like, if I had lost five pounds, I somehow would have felt better about myself. I would have yeah. looked the same in the mirror. Like, who cares? And I know this, mm-hmm. but it's just admittedly something that's been so ingrained yeah. as a woman my age growing up that this matters. Right. So Mike got out, yeah, like the sledgehammer and our, we, I don't think I'll ever own a scale again. Not own no. a scale. I know that <laughs> accountability is important for some people and part of like, you know, it's a tool in, in that journey and it can be a healthy thing. But for me, it was not. And it, it almost like now that I've done that, it almost seems weird that I ever did own the scale mm. in the first place. Like that's how much I am grateful it's gone. <laughs> just not to put any yeah. thought into it. Well, I don't know. Just focusing on numbers is a a weird thing for sure mm-hmm. especially when like your body composition can be changing for the better like you'll be adding muscle on mm-hmm. and you think you should be losing like i gain weight i'm like you're working out and you're strong yeah, you're- and you're eating good like who gives a fuck yeah like it's, yeah, <laughs> if it's, uh, yeah. At, at the end of the day i mean health is 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 health right and it, t- it takes on all different types and sizes and shapes and mm-hmm. everything right so it's a yeah it's it, I, if anything like i i think the more i learn about it the more i realize it's really not that complicated you know yeah. it's yeah. It's, it it's yeah the the big levers are you know just move a little every day and you know try to eat clean and you're probably going to be okay if you just do that you know yes. drink your water there you go. But these <laughs> metrics are something that we I, I apply to creativity too, and I'm mm-hmm. trying to be aware of that. Of how you know how many sales did I make this month, or how many likes did I get on this photo? Like the the measuring right. part of our life can be applied in so many ways, and maybe it's because we have this mutual understanding of what that means. Like we all know how much a hundred dollars is, yeah. and can mm-hmm. agree upon that having a particular value, right? Or your BMI is supposed to be this number, says somebody, and yeah. we all agree to this. But I, I've really had to kind of get away from that. Even pricing art, like mm-hmm. what the value of of this is going to feel and look different to everyone. Much like a 150-pound body is going to look very different to everyone, depending sure. on your height and whatever the, yeah. the thing is. So, yes, I've tried to be more aware of the emotional attachment to measuring our life. Well, I think you should take the metaphorical sledgehammer <laughs> to to all those areas mm-hmm. and just yeah. smash the hell out yeah, of Yeah, we them. won't actually smash the paintings. <laughs> but, <laughs> Don't do that. No, but the, the concept of pricing it or whatever. Yeah. Off, I guess off your... Uh, your money mindset attached to it, like mm-hmm. smash that or smash the, you know, all the, all the things that are holding you back in any way or that you focus on. And I, I'm, I'm saying this for, for everyone, not, 
not just you, yeah. but like, like you said, social media metrics. And that is something that as a business, when you're, when you have social media, it's, it kind of matters. Like you do yeah. want, you need engagement in your posts, mm-hmm. but again, if, if you have 10 super fans, who love everything you do and you get 10 of those people likes a post you did that's better than i don't know a bot f- yeah, fi- yeah 500 people who just i don't know think you look hot or something yeah. you know yeah. i definitely don't get 500 people who think i look hot per, per photo but i have not Somebody received does. that either but uh, lots of people get that though i remember stuff when we did the artist way mm-hmm. like this, the 12 weeks of that the the money week being kind of the more uncomfortable one i'll say it was did you everybody. feel that too yeah yeah it was for everyone I'm terrible. (laughs) (laughs) And they're looking at each other and they're laughing. (laughs) Yeah, I I just, I I don't know. And I think that's probably what you said. Like, I'm kind of a Jane of all trades, do Mm. all these things. But I would just do everything for free because I I love, like, I feel so passionate about. (laughs) Um, I even said to you yesterday, wasn't it, that I just wish everyone just did trades. Like, we just were on a yeah. You know, like a barter trading yeah. system, um, and money was left out of it. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's I know even with what we're about to do, that's going to come into play. It's going to be hard to figure it all out because we very much want um, people that couldn't necessarily maybe afford to come to Cape Breton. We want them to to be there, so we need to figure out how to make that accessible to literally everyone. That's mm. the that's the goal. Yeah, the goal is uh, nobody be able to. Uh... Nobody would be denied based on, you know, an inability to pay. So we don't know if it's going to be like a, a subsidy situation or maybe, you know, uh, we'll find businesses that would want to like sponsor a family to come up for a week or. Yeah. You know, At the we'll, uh, we'll residency we went to in Columbia, you know, we, we had our, our own room and we were, we were residents there. We were, we were the artists in residence, but there were other people there who were staying there, but they're volunteering. Mm-hmm. So they they cooked our meals. They did uh, whatever yard work, the whatever was needed to be done. They were volunteering to do that so they could stay there. Right. And we just got to create. And mo- all these people were were creative people and would still have a lot of time to to work on their creative projects. But they had to do whatever twenty hours a week or whatever it may be. But uh, it's a it's a way, and that. Would bring. I think there was ninety percent of people there were doing that. Like, there you go. Mm-hmm. We we were cool. s- some of the few of the actual ar- artists in residence there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll have to figure that out. I, I also just feel like in what we kind of learned in the artist way is, I don't know. The more you're like, like heart centered and heart led and being authentic and just, I, I feel like you attract the people that are meant to be in your life and the flow of things kind of just happen like that. Maybe that's too artsy, but, but I I do feel that, I don't know. It all just kind of works out somehow when you, does that make sense? Like when you're just, yeah, definitely. And, and we, we know the two of you well enough to know that the action aspect of the equation is also a no brainer. I think it's easy as well to kind of, you can't just wish for something, which I'm not suggesting you're doing, but I think there's a little bit of misconception sometimes in the advice of 
just be happy and feel good and the rest is going to fall into place. Like, yes, that is a very critical part of the equation that I believe has been overlooked for a number of years. Mm -hmm. The the action and the income has been the priority, but it's still part of the puzzle. You still do need to work and network and sometimes do things that you don't enjoy that make you happy in order for the full package to come together. But yes, a million percent agree, especially the attraction of people that putting that out that you will. And you, Steph, are one of the most brilliant people at this examples I've ever seen because you are just unafraid of showing up and 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 asking this is that we're sitting in an environment right now with the four of us because you said like oh maybe we would interview you guys like and i, of I feel course like you've asked us that. more questions than- <laughs> that's our fault though that's no, just it's in our blood old habits, eh? no yeah. no it's been a lovely conversation but but thank you for i appreciate you saying that i think uh since having molly sean can probably say this too i just feel just she makes me want to be very free. She's so mm. free in how it's gonna make me watch. She's so free in how she lives her little life. It just makes me want to be just as free. And because what's the worst that can happen? Like somebody says no to you to something that's okay. You just keep on going, right? But there's so many more yeses there. And I think the biggest thing that I'm learning, and we're probably all learning this, is like. We are just all starving for human connection. Mm -hmm. I think that's what makes, honestly, guys, your podcast so special is because we're all, we all feel like we're in on that connection, right? Like you're creating this beautiful community and with Togetherland, you're going to do that. With your music, you do that. And we're kind of hoping to start to do that. And I think um, just getting back to that simplicity, a bit of just being together. I don't know. That's important. So, yeah, I just... Like uh, putting myself out there with things like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's gonna take your what you're working on now to a, a, an amazing place, and what you're you're both willing to put out there, and just who you are, and just your vision. It's uh, it's exciting, an exciting time, and just just be yourselves. I guess is you asked earlier for advice. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Just uh, be yourselves, focus on the vision and uh, believe in it. And we're excited to see where that will go. Excited to see Kristen's gallery open. Yeah. yeah. Lots of lots of things in the works. It's amazing. Yeah. There's lots lots going on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having us, guys. We appreciate it so much. You're like our biggest inspiration, I would say. It's like we yeah. If you guys can you. do it, we can do it. Oh my yeah. gosh, we have every faith in the world in both of you. And just, yeah, thanks for being here in person with us all the way from Cape Breton again. Guys, thank you so much. Yeah, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Together, we'll then. be back. <laughs> here we are, another chat in the books. Yeah, the Denver Nuggets are NBA champions. Maybe, yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, the Vegas Golden Knights could be NHL champions. Is that your prediction? Well, they're up 3-1. I haven't watched any of those games, so. You were on the basketball train instead. Watching basketball, yes. Did you stay up for the whole thing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there you go. My favorite part about it is when the team wins and just the celebration at the end. And they were in their home city this this time, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah. It's, uh... 
Reminds me of winning volleyball provincials in 2001. You know? <laughs> so what's the next thing on your calendar? Any shows coming up over the summer? Uh, the next show we play is uh, with a band I really like, Big Sugar. That's cool. Yeah. And this was a surprise to you, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I, I, the show has been had been booked for a while and negotiated the contract and all that, but I didn't know Big Sugar was also on the bill. No so, big deal. So we'll just, just throw them in there. Excited to see, oh, we're playing with this awesome band I really like. Good. And then, yeah, the summer gets pretty busy. And I think when this podcast is launched, uh, tickets go on sale for a Frolic and Folk show in Iona. That sells out like that, you know? So yes. If you're listening to this podcast and want to see us in little, beautiful Iona, go right now because it will sell out really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a cool place. They've got rooms that you can stay right on location, restaurant, and entertainment now. Yes. Awesome. I think I'm going to be hanging back that week to be at the gallery. I've got the mm-hmm. Peggy's Cove and Area Festival of the Arts studio tour coming up July 14th, 15th, and 16th. Yeah, that's a big week. So that's a yeah, a big thing to prep for. But otherwise, my gallery hours are just posted on my social media daily. Or if you'd like to book an appointment, you can just reach out and we'll give you a private tour. Pretty special. I'm telling you. We aim to please. I want a tour right after this. Let's go then. Okay. Okay, to the beach. Let's go.